Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. My next guest is Masika Lewis. Hi, Masika. Hi. Um, you are my cousin-in-law. I know I, I hate to use that cousin-in-law term, but I mean, we are. We're, we're cousins through marriage, but definitely family. Um, okay, so let's go into you are a mompreneur, which I love, um, and we'll definitely get into all that. But I want to kind of start from the beginning of... Um, you, you're from Trinidad, so and you're currently living in Trinidad. Yes, I do. Okay, so you went to school in the United States, so why don't you tell me a little bit about when you graduated high school and transitioning to the United States for college. Yeah, sure. So um, when I graduated high school, I at first I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do next. I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know like where or what I would do. So I actually worked for a year, fun fact, um, with a designer in Trinidad. Um, I did a kind of internship with her, doing like business stuff, but on the like in that fashion industry. Nice. And um, yeah, and I did some. I did my SATs, and yeah, I went to Georgetown University in DC. Okay. It was really, um, yeah, it was really great. I, you know, did my bachelor's there. Uh, went to the business school. Now, what made you go with Georgetown? Ah, well, um, I did a whole bunch of applications, you know, the whole college application yes. process. Yes. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I think I liked the fact that it was, obviously it's a great school, and then it was in a city. A lot of the other, you know, colleges that I got accepted to were either, like, kind of in rural areas or maybe like the suburbs but I love the fact that it was in the city and still like a great school mm-hmm. which would obviously be different from where you grew up because you grew up on an island so you wanted a little exactly. change of scenery yes I wanted like that whole different like fast-paced kind of city like feeling that's awesome um and then tell me just a little bit I know you're um you got a couple of achievements from being at Georgetown University. I know you went to Africa. Did you, you didn't stay there to live, right? You just went there to visit. You didn't do like study abroad. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I spent um, a semester, which is like four months. And then I extended it because I had a great time. So I stayed for like six months and all. Yeah. Um, and I did, I went to like, so that was a totally different experience because I went uh, a, a um, it's the equivalent of like a HSBC. Okay. HBCU, the the historically back cottage. The, yeah. you, okay. <laughs> it was so long I forgot all the acronyms. Um, but yeah, so it's like the equivalent of that in South Africa. So during apartheid, it was like a university for black and colored students. Okay. Um, yeah, so I went there and like, you know, did the same course right, that I was doing in DC, but just a totally different like environment. Um, so that was really, really nice. And then I, um, yeah, when I came back, I did my thesis on, you know, small to medium enterprises in, um, in like sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. And I got like a prize for my thesis. Um, it was, I think in my year group, the best one on that region. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got that and, you know, graduated, all that fun stuff. <laughs> and then when you graduated, you were how old? Because you said you did your undergrad and you did your master's at Georgetown? No, just my undergrad alone. Okay. Um, so when I graduated, I was 22. Okay. Yeah. Wait, 23, actually, yeah, because I took the gap year and worked. So then I was 23 when I graduated. Okay, and then you did your um, study abroad in Africa. Now, was that, again, and I'm sorry, was that after you graduated? Or was that part of your whole graduation process? That was a part of the process. So that was in my junior year. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So then you graduate, and then what? What is your? what do you decide to do? Yeah, so I first went 
I wasn't sure what I wanted to do again. I'm always like at these junctures, like, oh my gosh, what's next? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I decided to. I did a. Um, I took a job at an event tech company um, in DC called Event Farm. Okay. So that was really interesting. Um, at the time, it was like somewhere between a startup and like. But they also they had like a couple offices. I think like four or five offices in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, but still small like hub offices. Um, so I worked there for a bit and you know had that experience and then decided to come home. Okay. And how long was that for? About a year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then you decided to come home, and now you're home, and then when does your little guy come into the picture? <laughs> yes, so I moved home in June, um, and then I started working, well, where I am now, at Eventology, and a little guy comes into the picture the following August. Okay, so you're back home, and then um, give a little background information about Eventology. So basically, it's like an event... Um, catering uh services um on the island and it is a family business correct yes actually uh started by my dad um and so yeah we do basically full service event management okay um, and also like advertising as well okay awesome a combination of those two so you come back home, you start working at the family business and then yes. little guy comes basically almost a year after that or that following summer yeah, so I started working in June, and then he he made his appearance the following August, so like a year, <laughs> like a little bit after. <laughs> so I would, have been, I would have started working in June, and then I would have been pregnant in like November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was also like I had kind of recently started, right? Yeah. Um, also going through my pregnancy and everything. Okay, and we'll touch we'll touch base on that a little bit. And um, you and your partner, your boyfriend, I say partner because you guys have been together for a long time. So it's almost like college sweetheart, high school sweetheart. Yeah, well, I met him in that same little gap year that I talked about. Yeah. Um, where I was working before I went to college, I met him then. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it's been some time. So now you guys are here, you're together. So your son, Makai, comes, and now what? So how is that experience like of you're working full-time, obviously, you're pregnant. So tell me a little bit about your motherhood journey there. Did you have any, you know, complications? How was your pregnancy? Um, my pregnancy was actually really smooth, I have to say. Um, I didn't have any complications. I fainted once, mm. um, but that was also um, partially, I think, my not, you know, it was early in the pregnancy. I don't think I had fully, like, adjusted my schedule. Like, yeah. Body, mm-hmm. So I hadn't really dialed back yet I was still feeling like ah, I can do everything you know it's fine yeah you're running around you're you're thinking that everything is the same when obviously yeah. things were changing yeah so so faith at once um but <laughs> other than that yeah I like, woke up with a bunch of you know anybody who's familiar with Trinidad they're super helpful at mm. times nice so I woke up with people trying to like um you know, resuscitate me and like give me mints and all sorts of things. Now we're going to have an episode. I'm going to, or I'm going to have an episode with your mom, but your mom is a midwife and she's been a midwife for what? 30 years. Yeah. Well, before me. Yeah. Maybe even longer than 30 years, actually. Wow. Okay, and, and like I said, I'm going to have a whole interview with that. So was she giving you, like, any pointers, any tips? Was she saying you have to do this, or was she kind of letting you do your thing? Um, during the pregnancy? Yeah. Well, she was she was my midwife um, <laughs> during the pregnancy. So she's the one that I had, like, my visits with. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, I also had my obstetrician mm-hmm. that I went to like in between mm-hmm. but mostly went to my mom um, so yeah she would give me advice but I have to say she was pretty good about not being like too pushy mm-hmm. you know if I'm at home and like you know so she was able to separate to, the two yeah, with you like I wanted to eat something that maybe I shouldn't be eating you know <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, so you're going through, so like you said, you fainted, which at that moment, you know, you're running around, so you're tired. But other than that, which thankfully wasn't anything serious, you had a pretty good pregnancy. 
I did. I was able to pretty much work. Um, Makai was born August 9th, and I worked down to the end of July. Okay, nice. Yes, I worked straight throughout my pregnancy. And then um, your, I love him. Makai is just adorable. He's full of so much personality. Um, I was so happy that him and Chase, you know, were able to meet this past summer. It was cool. And I just can't wait to see when they get older because that'll be interesting. I know, and like the older they get, I guess the less the age difference matters. Yeah, exactly, where, you know, Makai might be like, oh, look, who's this little kid? But then it's really only, what, two years, a year? Yeah, less than two years. Yeah, so yeah, that that'll be awesome to see. But okay, so you have your son now, and um, do you take maternity leave? And how long was the maternity leave? Yeah, so we get um, fourteen weeks paid. Okay. Leave. Oh wow, it's part of like a government. Like that's that's yeah. standard. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's mandatory. Um, you know, so you get yeah fourteen weeks paid leave. So I had that and I decided to take an extra, so that's like basically three months, mm-hmm. a little bit, um, and I decided to take an extra, like I took the rest of the year. Okay, nice. So I, yeah, so he was born in August, and I, after the 14 weeks, I only went back out like one day a week for the rest of the year. Okay, basically so like to, time. to check in the office here and there, but you were basically home for a good year. Yeah, well, not a year, but from August to the end of that year. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, August to December. Oh, okay, okay. And then um, did you, uh, we'll go into, I, I know during that time, or actually I know you started a side business, which we'll get into, but as far as care goes for Makai, did you have a nanny? Did you put him in a daycare? Yeah, so um, during that time, no, we were, I was basically home. With yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had to, you know, go to work, my mom would, would look at him for like that one or two days a week. Okay. So that's how we kind of scheduled it. Nice. Um, and so that was nice because I didn't have to put him into daycare until he was like six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then how was that transition like for you? Were you, I know for me, like I, I cried. So for me, I'm that kind of like, I have attachment issues, but were, how did you deal with that? You know, I was interested. I did not cry. I felt okay about it. Mm-hmm. Um, until, you know, like I think after maybe like these, because he was also fine, like the first few days. But then, you know, they, when he started to realize, wait a minute, this is like, no, you can't Yeah, yeah. Um, then he started having a hard time. And then, of course, if he's having a hard time, I'm like also torn up about it. Sure, because then you're, okay, so basically you were okay because you saw he was okay. But then once he yeah. was uncomfortable, then you felt a little sad or uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think, I don't think I cried interestingly enough. But I think I'm more emotional about preschool because he's so like independent. Oh, <laughs> nice. And then how's that been transition for him? Because you know it's interesting because Jace didn't go into a quote unquote preschool daycare until he was about almost a year and a half. So he was a little bit more aware. So dropping him off, I felt, was a little bit harder for him yeah. to get used to. Once, how long did it take for Makai to really get like? acclimated with it and he was like all right you know what this is what it is and this is what it is i would say like a, maybe just like a month okay so it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad um yeah he would like reach out and go to you know the aunties at the daycare like mm-hmm. he was fine after like maybe like about two or three weeks L- now let me ask being on an island does it make it and i don't want to say easier but you know, I'm assuming you know the women because it's a small island. So is it safe to say that you knew the women at the daycare? Like you knew them, like, or you knew someone who went there? Like, how do you, you know, like, how was that? Well, yeah. So I didn't know necessarily like all of the caretakers. Mm -hmm. I knew the woman that owned the daycare. Ah, okay. that, That does make it a little easier. And then even, you know, when he moves, like now he's in preschool, which is somewhere else. But I also know person that like you know owns that awesome yeah, it does make it a little easier i guess you know not having to look for references and kind of Sh- know the sure it's like you can trust that okay well you know the owner so you know pretty much you're yeah. comfortable with with what how they're running their business and and things like that exactly 
may not know every single person, but sure. you have an idea of like the philosophy behind the school and like, you know? Yeah, of course, their integrity and you know what they stand for. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so now six months, he's in school. Um, now tell me, how was your postpartum like? Did you ever did you ever run into any issues, or was it? Uh, did it? You know, did you have any identity shifting issues? Like for me, I look, I had them. I had them all. I had postpartum. I had identity shifts. I had it all, and I think I'm still going through it. <laughs> um, but you know, what did? How was your postpartum journey? So I. I felt like it was harder than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. And I think because my pregnancy was so smooth, I didn't expect it. Mm. You know, so I thought like, okay, this is, you know, like, oh, pregnancy is not that bad. You know? <laughs> um, and everything was, was all fine. But yeah, once I had him, um, you know, you have those like hormone drops. Yeah. I remember just like crying hysterically one night but like uh, for no re- I mean you know for no yeah. reason I didn't put a reason too yeah um, I'm just yeah feeling overwhelmed you know that all this was changing and also you know like my physical recovery as well I think was slower than I expected ah so you like mm-hmm. yeah, I thought I would have been back up and like you know ready to go in like I don't know, a week. Oh, well, actually, we, we didn't even, going before we even discuss your postpartum, how was your birth? So I know your mother was your midwife. You did have an OB, um, GYN as well. But what was your birth plan? We didn't even discuss that. Oh, yeah. Um, so my birth plan, I wanted a water birth. Okay. Um, well, my mom owns a birth center. So I had Makai, you know, at the birth center. And um, I wanted a water birth. That was my plan. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, because he was, I think they call it posterior. Okay. So not, not breech, but just like facing the other way. Gotcha. So because they had to turn him and like whatnot, um, I couldn't see any water because they couldn't see what, they wouldn't have been able to see what they were doing. Uh huh. So I had to come out the water, which kind of sucked, um, at the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, other than that, I was able to have a natural birth, which I'm grateful for and everything. So How- I mean, it was just... How long were you in labor for? Um, just like, I guess just, it's still long, but about 14 hours. Oh, wow. No, yeah, that was, that's long. Okay, so you were, yeah. you were right at the cusp of the low average, because I think they say average first birth is like 12 to 30 something hours, <laughs> somewhere between there. Yeah, but I saw when you posted your sister was like 30 something. Right? Yes, from Friday night and she had the baby like Sunday morning. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mine was mine was morning to night. So okay. I went to labor when I woke up and I had him any night. Okay. And did your mother help? Now, I know your mother was your midwife, but did she help deliver Makai? Was she in the room with you? Yeah, she was in the room with me, but I also had another midwife there as well. Okay. Who also, like, I, if I remember correctly, <laughs> she had actually delivered Makai. My mom was there. Okay, okay. So your mom was there. And I think I remember your mom telling me that that she wanted to be there, but she didn't necessarily know if she wanted to deliver the baby because she wanted to be the grandma and the mom and not necessarily your midwife at that moment. Exactly. Yeah. So she had like, you know, somebody that I know that I'm familiar with and kind of grew up around because she works with my mom in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was my, you know, primary midwife for delivery okay awesome okay so you so basically your birth plan might not have gone exactly but like you said you were fortunate enough to not have or to have the natural like you wanted you did birth in the birth center and you know obviously he's healthy he's good so then like we were talking about your postpartum so you realize okay then some emotions start coming through um you're not recovering Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i couldn't like um you know i had like let up it afterwards so I couldn't like you know get up and like move as fast as I wanted yeah because I would get weak I would get tired really quickly mm-hmm. and that lasted for a while before I got like my blood count filled back up mm-hmm. um, so it was frustrating 
Yeah, well, like you said, I think sometimes we all take for granted with certain things. So like even with me, I had my sister had the 30 something hours of labor. I only labored. And again, I say only, but you know, but it's like eight hours yeah. or so, which was really, you know, my midwives were like, wow, like this is rare. And I expected, I think, then the after effect because I had a smooth pregnancy, a smooth birth. I don't think I also I didn't expect the postpartum. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah, you could talk about birth and stuff, but until you have a child, no one can prepare you for the postpartum journey because everyone has a different journey. So you just don't know what to expect. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like very up and down. And then, you know, Mikey, my, my boyfriend, he have, he only had two days off. So even though Trinidad is like awesome with, you know, the maternity side of it, well, mm-hmm. awesome, but I guess better than... Yeah, sh- no, yeah. I mean, I didn't get... Yeah, we have no mandatory. I don't think so. Yeah. I think there's some states starting that. But yeah, that's... Yeah, Trinidad's definitely ahead in that part. In that realm. They do not have anything mandatory for men. Hmm. So he had to go back out to work in two days. Ah. Which, if you think about it, one day was actually the day that I was in labor. Mm-hmm. And the next day was the, the first day home. And that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, and it's so important for your partner to be there. I mean, I'm, I know... On our, and then on our side, this is where I guess the United States does okay and is because Jaron, um, your cousin, my husband, <laughs> um, <laughs> he was able to be home. Gosh, I think overall we were almost home around the same amount of time because he he had he used some of his time off time. He, there, it also came during during the holidays. He took a leave of absence and he had I think it was six weeks or eight weeks of. Um, paternal leave right so we were very fortunate so and let me tell you if jaron wasn't there i don't know what i would have done because i felt like i couldn't take care of jace alone at least that first month like i was like i had i I just felt like what do i do with this little person like i was like no i need help (laughs) i'm like what is what's going on it is and you're like this little looking back you're like okay they were just a little seven eight pound little thing but it's very overwhelming and it's something that i don't think you're prepared for yes okay so you're dealing with that now did you breastfeed did you just you know what was your yeah i breastfed okay um we we did i breastfed him exclusively for like the first six months nice um yeah so i mean i didn't I think in the very, very beginning, like, he would not latch the, the day in the bread center, the day that we got home. <laughs> he just wouldn't latch, and, you know, he was out for, like, a little while. Um, so, eventually, I used, like, the shields oh, okay. to help him get on. Okay. And then I got, like, comfortable with it. Okay. So, I didn't want to get it, I didn't want to take it off. So, we had to go <laughs> a consultant to, like convince me to take it off and like get it directly on on yeah without the shield to help yeah so then how was that as well with breastfeeding him and being home alone i mean i know your mom was probably in and out at times and your dad but you know in and out yeah um you know it wasn't too bad the hardest part i think you spoke about this as well is when i went back out to work and i was still trying to breastfeed and then i was attached to this pump like yes yes i actually didn't mind the breastfeeding uh once you know that initial latch part was over and i kind of understood what to do Mm -hmm. um it was it was fairly smooth he he fed well you know he was always kind of on schedule every three hours two hours you know um, so like the usual, the every two, three hours, which yeah. that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Once I went back out to work and I have to pump and, you know, store the milk and uh, that was the worst. Part yes. Think. I, I think for me, it was a mental anguish of just, I have to pump, I have to pump, I have to give them milk. Yeah. And I didn't have a huge stock of milk. Mm. You know, like some moments I think plan better. I didn't plan that well. Uh, in terms of going back out to work, I had some. I thought I had enough, but I didn't. So he would drink it out, and I would feel like pressure to pump more oh yeah you feel pressure to pump I feel like for me I don't know why but looking back like I didn't really invest in some of the things I should have like maybe a better bra or even I've seen moms that pump in the car and I'm like oh I should have looked into that because they probably have options and you know I spend a good amount of time in the car but 
I just didn't think about it. And it probably would have made a lot of things easier because I know there was a few times where I had to leave events because I was like, I have to go home and pump because my breasts were full and I needed to. It just becomes this thing where it just now that becomes your life. Yeah, it's like a, it's like another thing to do. Well, yes. Top of the list. Exactly. Along with your whole other list of things to do. <laughs> um, okay, so, but obviously, or not obviously, but you get through your little, and I don't want to say postpartum setback, but you're going through your emotions. Did you talk to anybody? Like, how did you get through that time? Yeah, I think I didn't really, like, you know, seek any professional help. I think for me, it was more like, you know, it wasn't like postpartum depression or anything like that grave mm-hmm. it was just i guess you know the, the the swing like the hormonal swing afterwards you're like on this high and then you're like everyone leaves and then like i remember the day that like my mom went back out to work mikey had already gone back out to work and i was like oh crap like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you're like oh shit like what do i do <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, so I mean, I think I had those moments, um, and I think to some extent, you know, you know, we still have those moments, like, you know, with our kids, you know, like yeah. either anxious moments or just moments where you're unsure, like, was should I was I too harsh on him? Was yeah, I too, like kind, you know, should I be firmer? Um, all the questions of what you should or shouldn't do should I yeah yeah but then if I was just facing that same thing that I, I guess I still deal with now but in the newborn phase it's harder because you know they can't give you any feedback so you're just kind no. of questioning yourself and, and I was young I mean I still am young but I was a young mom as well because I was 25 when I had him yeah so you know it's not like I had a ton of friends that had kids. I was just gonna ask you what about friends like who was your village like during that time yeah, I mean, I had, my friends were great and they've been very supportive, but none of them have kids. Mm, oh, that's a big difference. See, I was the late bloomer because I had Jace later. So I have like my OG moms that have like teenagers and I have all these friends that have kids. So I think it did help. So I couldn't imagine on the opposite side of not having friends who didn't have children. Yeah, I had like, I had, like one friend at the time that had a child. You know? Oh, wow. So it's not like they could exactly relate to... I mean, of course, they could help as much, but they can't really relate to what you're going through. Exactly. So I think that was, yeah, that was definitely a big difference. I mean, I must say, like, I know a lot of people who have kids, like, in their 20s say that, you know, their friendships change a lot, and I don't think I've experienced that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but I do see where, like, our lives are different. Of course. Well, your your priorities are really different. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, being well, let me ask this. Well, and then we'll we'll dive into like your your side hustle that has been this awesome thing, and I can't wait to talk about it. But um, Trinidad, for those that are listening and don't know, <laughs> is known for carnival, which your family um, had a band, and they were really really heavy in the carnival world. So, were you still going to carnival? Like, how was that? Um, yeah, I played mass. So we got to play mass when you like put on the yes. Participate in the parade. Um, I played mass while I was pregnant because oh wow, I was like about three months pregnant, so not visibly pregnant. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was on the road. So he's been he's yeah. been participating since he's been in the belly. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, I was on the road in my in my costume. You know, not drinking any alcohol. No, no. <laughs> And making sure you're hydrated, drinking water or coconut water. Taking like extra long breaks. Nice. Like taking time to rest. I didn't, so it's two days, uh, Monday and Tuesday. I stayed home on the Monday, I relaxed, and then I went out late on the Tuesday. So it wasn't like, you know, I couldn't go as hard as I would typically. Sure, sure. I still did participate, yeah. Okay, awesome. And then when he was born in August, September, November, December, January, so he probably, oh, did you do it the following year or did you take a break? <laughs> Took a break. Okay. <laughs> yes, I will need this year, so 2019 was the first time I went back out on the road since I had it. Oh, and how was that? It was, you know, it was good. It was fun. How was your drinking level? I mean, I don't think you've ever really been a big drinker, but how was like your intake? Because, you know, being again, for those who don't know, Carnival is a wonderful, it's just a once in a lifetime. Like I tell everyone, I experienced it um, 
uh, with my husband and it's it's amazing but it's a big freaking party where there's just alcohol and dancing and sun and all of these crazy things so how was your stamina like how were you how are because I would probably have been like ugh <laughs> terrible like Oh, this year, yeah, like I couldn't, I couldn't hang, I couldn't, like, <laughs> yeah, I was just tired, like, I'm sure, I even went home early one day, <laughs> and that's where your friends who don't have kids are probably like, oh boy, here it goes, I know, they're like, what, where are you going, I'm like, guys, I can't, so <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But that's cool that you were able to go back. At least you were able to to go. You know, and I like, of course, you know, your body changes. I'm still, people look at me from the outside and they think like, oh, you look exactly the same. But of course, like I have stretch marks, like he was an eight pound baby, you know? Yeah. So it's just like your body changes. And you're, you're a petite little thing. You're not a tall, you're, you have a smaller frame. So yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, stretch marks and all that stuff, but yeah, I, I wore my little costume. <laughs> nice. Yes, that's awesome that you that you were able to, to get back into that. Okay, so now I want to talk about your calligraphy business. So yes. during this time, and you still work full-time, correct, for Eventology? I still work full-time, yeah. Awesome. And what's your actual, like, what's your title? Do you manage people? Are you, you know, oversee people? Yeah, so my title is Operations Manager. Nice. Um, it's a small company, so I have like two a team of two I guess, okay. uh, that I work with directly. Um, and then a wider range of like independent contractors and mm-hmm. providers. You know, when we do have events or we do have projects going on. Um, yeah, it's been, you know, I didn't have that role. I think it kind of worked out. I didn't have that role. Um, before I had Makai, oh, okay, it's been really difficult to have that role and take maternity leave and like. I was actually that's a good point. So when you started at Eventology, you were in a, like a not an administrative role, but maybe a lower title role. Exactly, I was like a project coordinator. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, it was a lot easier to you know actually have that mental break because I didn't sure. have as much responsibility in work. So my maternity leave, like. You know, yeah, I answered emails, but it wasn't like I was super, like, sucked in or felt, you know, the pressure to, like, continue working throughout. Whereas, you know, if I were to be on maternity leave now, I have no idea how I'd do that. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, and I, I was a VP when I went on maternity leave, and it is difficult because I worked during my maternity leave, and once I did have Jace, because I was, like, you know, my career was everything, first one in, you know, I, I just was always working on my phone, connected to my email, and in, in hindsight, it's like if I would do it again, I wouldn't have, um, because, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It, you don't think about it, you're like, oh, I can handle it, but it's just so, too much responsibilities, you know? Yes. Um, okay, so now you do, so now you have your management position, so tell me, yes. when did you start um, your calligraphy business, and how did that come about? Right, so that was actually a funny story. I literally did not start it as a, did not plan to start it as a business. Um, I was just like on BuzzFeed scrolling through, uh, um, you know, all these BuzzFeed articles, and I was like, 20 hobbies you need to start in 2017. Um, <laughs> I would, yeah, so I have to find like August 2016. Um, and yeah, I was on leave. I was kind of like looking for something to do. I mean, not that I was bored, like, you know, taking care of me. Sure, but still, you're like, okay, your mind, oh, yes. you need a little more substance to do. Exactly. So I was like, okay, what can I do? So I, I was just like scrolling through BuzzFeed and calligraphy popped up. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, there was a lot of other things there, but I thought it was like impractical. Like it was, you know, I don't know, like when am I going to get, I don't know, let's sing like play the violin or something like that. I'm not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. That felt like something that I didn't need a lot of space, I didn't need a lot of money. It was something practical that I could like try out. Mm-hmm. So I bought a kit on Amazon. Nice. And, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this out. And it actually, yeah, I first started as a hobby, um, did it as a hobby for like about six months, and then my best friend was getting married. Um, in July of that year, mm-hmm. and she asked me to do her like address her invitations for her. So I was like, okay, sure, and I did it. And then 
she was like, what about some signage for the wedding? Like, you know, a welcome sign and whatnot. So I did those, and that was like my wedding gift to her. Mm-hmm. Um, people saw it. They were like, yeah, you should you should take pictures and like post it online. <laughs> so I was like, okay. It took me a while to like build up the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like November of that year. Do you think it was because you were like, well, what, where would this go? How, what would it, like, who care? Like, yeah, you have like the doubt, like, but who would care about this? Exactly. I'm like, who's going to pay for this? Like, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I doubts and I just wasn't sure, like, and then also I wasn't sure what I could handle, like, you know, should I really even be doing this? You know, all the mom guilt and stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause you're like, well, I have a full, I have a day job. I have my son. Have, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my day job is pretty demanding. So, um, yeah, but I took the lead. I think I remember it was like a Friday and I posted it and I sponsored it. I spent like $20 US and I was like, okay, I'm going to just pay this money and, you know, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I got a flood of messages like, oh, my wedding is like next week. Can you do it for my wedding? Can you do this? Can you do that? And people were asking for quotes. I had never even considered how much this would cost. Oh my God. So now people, now you're like, wait, they, you, you have to see your cost of to make it. So then what do you charge it for? So you could get some kind of profit. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I seriously on the charge. Like, I, I had no idea what, what like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, I don't know this much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Spent like, you know, three days doing it. Um, no, but that's kind of what started, honestly, from, from that moment. That's so organic. I love that. Um, so where did you come up with the name? It's Masika Rain Calligraphy? Yeah, Masika Rain Calligraphy. Um, well, the Rain is actually my middle name. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So Rain is my middle name. So it's actually my first name, my middle name, and then Calligraphy. Um, it was interesting because, of course, as a child, like, having the middle name Rain was never fun. It wasn't... <laughs> You know, I was on two thousands baby where these you know, funky names were in style. Yeah. So I used to be like, Why is your name Rain? Yeah, like is there significance? Well, yeah, I was born like in the rainy but in Trinidad we have two seasons. So it's tropical climate, so rainy season and then dry season. Ah. So yeah, I was born in the rainy season and there was like a ton of rain when I was born, like it was a storm. And so my parents named me Masika, which means born when it was raining. Oh my then, God, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so, so that- they, I guess you want to drill the point home, so they also gave me the middle name. <laughs> um, okay, so Masika Rain Caligari, so you kept it nice, that's simple, but, but yeah. you know, awesome. You know, the, it, it has a good ring to it. And then I guess, what, it just went from there. I mean, I see on your Instagram, you have over 2,000 followers. It, it literally just went from there, um, growing organically, I would do, you know, a lot of stuff for weddings, take pictures, post them, um, gradually, like, you know, I started doing envelope addressing, and then a lot of my business now, I get, you know, this past year at least, it's been through referrals, so like, I have a bride that I did her stuff in 2017, now her sisters getting married so doing her sisters you know weddings as well oh wow it's kind of just grown organically i have also sponsored you know posts on instagram you know it goes with like your online business so maybe you sponsor post here and there um yeah but it's it's kind of just grown from that from that and i see you're doing workshops now yes i do actually have one last night um, so so tell me a little bit how does that is that teaching people how to do calligraphy are you doing like you know how they have the paint and sips or at least they have in the United States where like you can paint while someone teaches you how to draw something and yeah. you're drinking wine how is what's your workshop yeah. like very very similar so I actually call it cocktails and calligraphy love it so we have like a live bartender on site and you know it's mostly women you know occasionally I'll get like um, some guys or maybe like a date night couple mm-hmm. but um, you know we have a bartender on site and he mixes cocktails and mocktails and then we learn like calligraphy it's, it's really oh that's awesome so Fun, you know, relaxed atmosphere. So in the United States, we bring our own wine, our own bottle, but you actually have a someone, a bartender on site. That is phenomenal. <laughs> yes, you get like the whole experience. That's awesome. So how how often do you do the workshop? So I know, like you said, it grew organically, but obviously now it's a business. You know, do you yeah. feel pressure to want to like 
continue it based on the demand or do you just go or do you not put the pressure on yourself and you just say hey if someone needs something i do it are you still promoting like how is your level now you know of, of, of like i guess yeah like where do you what do you see for for your calligraphy for your calligraphy business now yeah so um so much pressure to answer that question i think no i'm just that's just how i am i it started organically but once you know, things picked up. I, I like structure as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to you know you know meet demand, but also like exceed expectation. Sure, to put the same effort and quality. Yeah, I'm very like particular with my work and everything. So I um yeah now I think we I think I'm at kind of like at a tipping point where I probably need some help. Like, mm. um, you know, now kind of realizing, okay, maybe I do need, you know, like maybe some administrator. I was just going to say, or like an assistant or someone to kind of manage your, yeah. While I'm at work, because like, you know, I get a ton of calls or like, you know, messages, just keeping up with correspondence and emails and everything. Do you do, do you send to the United States or is it um, just within um, Trinidad or the Caribbean? Yeah, so I have done pieces in like other parts of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done a few pieces in the States, but mostly for like um, either it's trainees who have events up there, so they like take it up and then ah, it's gotcha. really expensive for me to ship sure. um, outside of the region. Okay, so gotcha. I need like hindrance there, but I've done, you know, Trinidad, I've done a lot of Tobago weddings. I was just trying to think of like where your audience or where your customer base is like, is it still you know mainly Trinidad or is it you know starting to spread out a little bit yeah I would say it's still mainly Trinidad but I've gotten like this past year a few inquiries from like Barbados and some of the other islands nice so you know from the back end I would have to kind of look at ways to you know Yes. Sure. So like now once you once this okay, you know, it started growing and and it's it's maintaining itself. Obviously you're you're becoming somewhat profitable. Are you building a pricing plan? Like when did you did you ever create a business plan? Um when did you started seeing like okay, this is a this is an actual company, like I'm I I, I'm making money here, you know, how do you when was that point? I'm so ashamed to say because obviously I went to business school. <laughs> I did not start with a business plan at all. Um, I think maybe like about midway through this year, I actually hired a business coach. Okay, nice. That was one of the first, like, you know, times where I saw, okay, I need to kind of, because I was, I was taking on every job not being the most strategic about it like okay what's the best but that's but that's about right that's what many companies do in the beginning i mean you're trying to get as many customers so whether the deal is good or not you're just like taking them all on yes. yeah yeah bring it, bring it, I'll do it. yeah um, but you know i have to kind of rationalize it too with my time sure and more and more limited in work my time with my son you know of course find that like you know i would spend like Hours and hours, like you know, just working. It's pretty much constantly around the clock. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, had some initial meetings, and then I ended up hiring a business coach. I think that was the first time that I kind of started seeing it as a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making that investment. I was just gonna say, yeah, you made it. You made an investment into it of saying, okay, I need some help of what direction I need to go of what I need to do with this now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was, I think, the first step. And since then, I've been, you know, coming off of our first meetings and stuff like that, I've been looking at ways to, um, you know, pivot the business a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to free up my time a little bit. Like calligraphy is very labor intensive, and obviously that's kind of the point of it, right? You're sure. Handmade. Well, it's handmade. It's the precision yeah. with it. It's it's the care. That's why the prices, you know. Exactly. So that's why it is what it is. But um, I've actually been looking at kind of pivoting the business a little bit um, towards rentals, like events. So still calligraphy, you know, still customized, still specially for you, but finding ways to, you know, to kind of have like, you know, large backdrops is what I'm looking into with like your name written on it or something like that. 
that allows, you know, it's a higher value product, but it also doesn't require me to spend like three days or four days creating each one. Gotcha. That's a really smart idea. So you're looking of ways to basically, um, gosh, and I forget the business term, but basically you're trying to maximize your time and maximize the value to the exactly, exactly. So I'm trying to strike that balance a little better because what I found is like, you know, I, I still have this little three-year-old. <laughs> And I'm sure as he's getting older, isn't it becoming, I mean, I know they say it gets easier, but it also gets harder because he understands more. So he's probably like, mom, I want to, I want to see you. I want to be with you. And he has soccer and swimming and all these things. Exactly. So yeah, he has a packed Saturday morning schedule. His, even his, like his school life, like he started preschool. So now they have like all these fundraisers and these parents activities mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. my time is just so stretched like you know between my full-time job and calligraphy and keeping up with everything sometimes i feel like he's the easiest part yeah because i can always get like you know his dad like yeah spend time with him or my mom to spend time with him but i also want to really of course readjust and have the flexibility to spend some more time with him so that's actually one of my main, I guess, I mean, I guess it's a personal goal, but it's also a business goal in terms of pivoting the business so that I can still do like those tailor-made products sure. and stuff like that, but in a way that's a little more efficient time-wise. I love that. And I love that you're recognizing that. And I was just going to say, so what are some of the things that are you doing, I guess, to help balance or are you just winging it and saying, you know what, I just go with what I'm able to do at the moment? <laughs> Like, like time management like- yeah like I like and and just to kind of pivot to me for a second so I'm, I'm moving into um, a new job next week and it's gonna be um, uh, more responsibilities kind of like the same thing with you where you know I went from basically Jace's maybe like a year when he was like how old anyway almost about a year of having um a job where I didn't have a lot of responsibilities where it's been kind of like okay and now I'm getting a job with more responsibilities so I know I'm going to have to really be mindful just of my time so I think for me I'm actually looking forward to that because I feel like when you have to be mindful that's when you're becoming more efficient because you just you just have to find a way to just do it all and I think the problem with me in my current job that I'm at now is because I didn't have to be efficient and I was home by five I don't know I found that I was just more like eh, I was laissez-faire with it all and just very like eh. and now with yeah and then I'm like okay yeah I'm exhausted by the time Jace is asleep but I'm not really putting any umph because I don't have to I feel like now I'm going to have to and I'm looking forward to that because I I think I'm going to have to be held accountable and I for me that's the way I work I like to be held accountable I like to be challenged and I like to be very structured and I think this is going to help me so I guess in asking you like what have you done for your structure and your to making it work as far as time management is concerned and just finding time to do things that you also want to do as well and that doesn't include work or even your son (laughs) I know (laughs) but that doesn't happen no I was gonna say yeah I'm sure that yeah that's very rare for us but you know what I mean but um it's something that I think I have been challenged with this year you know I haven't I haven't done a great job of it Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really been me probably sacrificing my sanity um, yeah that everything gets done you know um so in terms of time management I mean I do drop off so like you know what my day-to-day kind of looks like I I if I have you know a project going on or I have some things to do I try to get up before everyone else. Nice. And then I get like an hour of work done or before a lot of women that I've listened to on podcasts that are you know like really successful business women that have families and whatever a lot of them I mean I think even think Michelle Obama she would get up like an hour or so before her family got up and yeah that sounds like I do well again I didn't have to I would have like I was like oh I'll get up at five but then when you don't have to and you're like oh well I could sleep in a little bit you become a little bit more lazier now I will and I yeah I'll be like okay I can get up by myself do what I have to do and then do the drop-offs with Jay says well that'll be my thing Jaren will have to pick him up but I'll, I'll be doing drop-offs so basically so you get up 
So you get up ahead, you get up an hour before, you try and get things done. And then is your, do you try and connect with Makai on the way to school? Is that like your little time together? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. That's Chase's favorite movie now, Lion King. He went from Moana to Lion King. Yeah, so we just listen to and you know I do drop offs in the morning, so that's like nice. And I mentioned in the beginning that like I found the preschool thing is almost harder than the daycare thing because he just like I drop him off and he's like, okay, bye. And he was his classroom. Oh, and, you know, he's a little big like, boy. Yeah, it's so crazy to see it. Um, I'm like every, almost every day. I'm like, does he know where to go? But it's like, yeah, he knows. He knows his school, you know? Yeah. Class guns and everything. It's crazy. So That's awesome. Yeah, I do drop offs and then honestly my day, like I so I start work um and my day just goes crazy <laughs> in terms of like, you know, anthology. Oh yeah. So things are just kinda crazy and I work I would say like yeah, about nine hours. Okay. Um so Mikey has to do the pickups. Okay. And then I get home and then we like we kind of have a little ritual. So when I get home, um, Makai and I, I would go do bath time, like you know, and we kind of have that moment together. Oh, that's nice though. I like yeah. that. Find the find the space. Yes. Um, and then I would like you know either Mikey or I would give him dinner, and yeah, and then you know I also do. I put him to sleep. And then I try my best to drag myself out of the bedroom. Go <laughs> <laughs> back outside and get, like, you know, yeah. get Yeah, 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 that's part. Uh, like, yeah, I'm um, sure. What time does he normally, what's his bedtime? His bedtime is supposed to be <laughs> um, 8.30, between 8.30 and 9. Because mm-hmm. um, I realized, like, if he gets 10 hours sleep, he's best. He's best, yeah, that seems yeah. to be a good number. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be up at seven. Okay. You yeah. Know, in that space is good, but these days, you know, because my schedule is so crazy as well, and like you know, dad, they're not as strict. I don't know. No, same here, girl. I'm the. I'm, I told him when Jace gets older, he's gonna remember me as the militant mom, and I was always like, Jace, it's bedtime. Jace is bath time. Jace, I'm the one who keeps us on the schedule. Yes. Yeah, so when I have, so we do have events, or we do have campaigns going on, in you know, at eventology. Sometimes I'm not home at night. Yeah. So you know, oh my gosh, his schedule is like way off. So like, I, had a, I had a very busy November, so I'm ashamed to say that like I don't know. I think he went to bed at like 10 p.m. last night. <laughs> Yeah. You make it work and you get right back on schedule when you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, but I, actually, I like that. And I think it's funny because I think I'm going to have very similar where, like I said, I, I actually am fortunate now that I don't have to go into work until later. But the caveat to that is then I would come home later. Um, so what that's going to hold me accountable is, you know, I was always like, oh, I can meal prep on Sundays. But again, I didn't really have to meal prep. Now I'm going to have to meal prep something. So at least for Monday and Tuesday, we have some kind of things to eat for dinner or, you know, so when I come so that when Jaron comes home, he could feed Jace, um, right. you know, leftovers or whatever. But it'll be very similar where in the morning I'll have to get up. I'll spend probably a good hour by myself or so and then get Jace up and then the good thing is we'll have about a good hour together in the morning, get him situated, and then we have drop off. And then I won't get home till maybe like six-ish, and we try and put Jace down between eight, eight thirty as well. So I would be home, my goal would be to be home home in time at least for, if not dinner, then um, bath time and then sleep time. So very similar. And I feel like, and it's funny because I've I've made peace with that. I think before, and I feel like everything happens for a reason before, I don't know if I would have been okay with that because I, I I don't know, I just would have felt so guilty and been like, that's not enough time. You know, he's in preschool, you know, he's in school all day. But now I think I've just made peace where as long as you do have some moment and it's a connecting moment and you're just not there to just be there, but you're actually connecting, I feel like those matter the most, no matter what the time is. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's like, you know, I mean, I still have the moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I want to 
taken to like the zoo or something, but obviously wedding, you know, wedding season. Sure. Weddings happen on the weekends. So, you know, I have setups, so I have breakdowns, so I have, you know. Yeah, you have time. Yeah. I have things to do for the events. So, you know, a lot of my work happens on the weekends. So it's just like finding the balance. You know, if we don't have a project going on or whatever, I might take a day and like, you know, we would run away to these. Like, we've done like a mid Zura, That's awesome. You find them. You. I feel like you find you find the moments within the chaos to just take it and go. And I think that's what really matters is you try your best and you make it count where you can make it count. Absolutely. Um. Okay, that's that's awesome. So, you know, now you have, again, you're working full-time, you have your calligraphy business, and now it's end of the year. So you have, I'm sure, not only eventology busy, but also your calligraphy because wedding season too, no? So yes. you have people wanting items. Yeah, we have busy December wedding. I think December is my busiest month, usually in both my jobs. So yeah. it's usually a bit hectic, but I take... Um, you know, we're going to Tobago, we're going on a little vacation. Nice. Nice. Nice, get a little break. Um, and then I, I kind of close, so to speak, the calligraphy side of things. Mm-hmm. Most of January. Okay. So that every year now. Um, I think it does help to kind of have yes. time to reset. Uh, yep. People, people contact me during that time. I have like an automatic message that just says like, hey, we're open for 48 weeks of the year. Unfortunately, this is not one of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I actually like that. I like that. Sometimes you just need to reset, see what your next, what your goals are for the year, how you want to move, what you need I to do. Doing that. I love planning. Like I'm a big, you know, I have like my planner, and I love to kind of chart the way and think through things, and you know, think about the future. So I love having a little bit of space in January to like to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so now this part of the um, the podcast episode I love because this is where I like to get um, to know more about um, Masika, you know, about who you are um, with just a few questions. Um, they're really, um, I think they're really cute and fun, but, and I like to hear everybody's answers. So, okay, we'll start. So when do you feel the most badass? When do you feel like you're feeling yourself and you're like, yes, I am I am the bomb. I'm, I'm awesome. When do you when do you feel the most like that? Hmm. Okay, that's a hard one. You started with the hardest question, I hope. Yes. <laughs> when do I feel the most badass? I think when I... That you know... Go ahead. So I like when... So like if I have... So it didn't work, right? We do a lot of advertising stuff. And like like when we do... Like right after a pitch. Mm-hmm. It went well. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just have this kind of like feeling of accomplishment yes yes yeah you did it yeah no that's really badass that's like boss moment i usually have after i mean of course not every job you get right no I, you know it, you know you're still like in your suit and you're feeling like yeah you have your heels on and yes and you kind of walk out the room like, yeah, I think, I think that's awesome. See, that's good. And I also like asking those kind of questions because I think it makes the moms think that maybe if you didn't feel like you were badass this week, you were like, wait a minute, I, I am badass because we do have badass moments. Like, you know, so that's no, I love that one. Um, that's definitely like a, a boss, you know, girl boss, you know, um, moment of being like, yep, that's just shoulder off, you know. Okay, so um, what is your favorite indulgence? Like, what is it that you you don't care not not care the price, but like you just love to indulge in? Oh my gosh! Okay, so I don't know if this counts, but I do find that like one of the things that I love to just like unplug and enjoy is a divorce court. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's so cute. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. It's just like it's entertaining. Yes. It's mindless. I try and tell Jaren that because he doesn't understand why I like my little reality shows. And I'm like, it's mindless TV. It's my life. Like, I don't want to, you know, Mikey loves to look at these shows like, you know, the Discovery Channel. Yeah. Like, the earth and like veganism or whatever. I don't care. Like, I I mean, I do care about the earth. Yeah, yeah, but. You don't want to add more. For me, I'm like, when I do watch those things, then it's just more anxiety because I got to worry about the earth. Yeah. I like that. I, 
just a couple months that long day and like when I go to sleep until like, I know I have like better things to do yeah just sit and watch like an episode of the first good I love it I love it um what's your favorite book oh favorite book okay well I'll say favorite book this year was actually um okay I had a very fun time reading Tiffany Haddish's um, oh really Biography. Yes, I actually had it on one of my um, library things, and I don't know what happened. I think I got another book and I couldn't read it, but I, and I never went back to get it. Yeah, I think in the same vein of like something my left, I just enjoyed it this year because this year was a lot of it was like a difficult, very pressured year for me. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed reading that book. Uh, I listened to it. I listened to it on Audible, mm-hmm. and I kind of just enjoyed it because she read it and she's hilarious and just the whole. You know, her story inherent from her with her voice and everything yeah yeah um, okay I really enjoyed it I enjoyed it more like these serious books okay nice um what do you do I know we were talking about you know your time management but what do you do and other than divorce court to wind down like what is it that you really try to find time to take care for yourself and not necessarily self, I guess yeah it's like a self care but what do you do for Masika that makes Masika happy that's another one. What do I do for self care? I mean, I would like I like to get out of the house a little bit by myself. Mm-hmm. I know this is very cliche, but sometimes just like going to the mall and just walking around. Yeah, yeah. It's like a nice little break. Um, you know, I also I really like to travel, so I would love to get back to like some more of that. Mm-hmm. I think that I really enjoy and like have enjoyed. Um, like this year I went to China. I mean, it was a weird trip, but mm-hmm. it was just really nice, like just being somewhere else, change of scenery, change of energy, everything. Yeah. So yeah, I think travel and like a little, I guess when I can't travel, little outings. Yeah, that's it's so funny because you talk to moms and it's like we all have this. Just give us some time alone. Just give me a little yeah. moment. Yeah, um, I like that. What do you? What has motherhood shown you so far? Not just taught you but like shown you like what kind of opened your eyes that you didn't think that it would i think that i'm very like my friends would say i'm not a very emotional person Mm -hmm. you know typically like i'm not the most emotive like you know friend that's like i love you yeah 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 a little bit more reserved in your feelings Mm -hmm. but i think you know motherhood has made me more like that you know Mm. you can't you know can't show love to a child the way you should show love maybe to an adult you know they're more out there with their emotions with their affection and so I think he's brought that out in me more that's awesome yeah I, I can see that I can see um I mean I was always kind of sensitive and, and emotional beforehand but I'm just like times like a, a thousand now so <laughs> what was your high mommy moment of the week this week here he had like his um we had it's his last week of school mm-hmm. so he had they had like a fundraiser for um the there's a church right opposite his school so they collected like you know they did a collection drive for the members of the church and for them to give to charity and that kind of thing mm-hmm. i was so happy that like i think he kind of he's only three but i think he understood and you know, so I explained to him like, you know, we put in these cans, these food, this food together for families that don't have as much. Oh, that's you know, awesome. We're fortunate to have and whatever. And then you know, later that day and the next day, he was like, every time we, he passed the church, he was like, oh, mommy, we need to give something to the church, you know? Aww. The, the people who don't have, you know, they need they need something for them. I love it. I think that's nice. I, I was glad that he, you know, so nice. At this age, you're not sure if they understand everything. Yeah. So, that's awesome because I can't wait to do that for Jace. Giving back and service that's really important to me. It's just something that I've always been into. Um, and I can't wait for Jace to understand that because I, I feel like that's very important to instill in children from young, especially when we're in positions to where we can give them a lot, you know, like they can get, you know, they can basically not necessarily get everything they want, but they don't really need for anything. Yeah. So I think it's really good to show them that how fortunate they are with that you know okay. I love that so what was your maybe low mommy moment of the week where you were like ah. oh my gosh yeah well actually this week his cousin um my on my dad's side his cousin's birthday party was this week and his cousin turned four and he just totally did not get his dad's uh, 
the presents were not his. And he had like many, many, many meltdowns. Aww. You know, of course, you know, you don't want to feel embarrassed, but obviously, you know, like if you're, you yeah, know, like having a million meltdowns, yeah, you, know, you feel kind of uncomfortable. You're like, oh, of gosh. course. So, how do you handle that? And I guess it's good because you are, um, and, and, you know, from the times I'm around you, you're, you're very, you know, you are reserved, level-headed, like, rational. So what do you do? Because me, yeah, I would be like, ee, ee, like, starting to get, like, Jace in his ear. Like, if you don't get up right now, Jace, like, you know, what, how do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, there was some times fast, yes. <laughs> but in your nice, sweet voice, I can imagine you're like, Makai. Hey, <laughs> she's not for you. It's not your birthday. And, you know, I didn't lose my patience, you know, one or two times with him during the, during the day. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, just explain, I just kept explaining to him over and over, like, you know, it's not your birthday, you know, you have your birthday, your birthday is in August, you know? He's like, what's August, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I tried to kind of, you know, be moderate and be understanding that, you know, he, he genuinely just doesn't get it. And, you know, finally balance, and I may have lost my voice a bit from, like, just, like, I know, but I think the good thing with those situations, at least what I'm noticing with Jace is because he's definitely in that um, major, like just emo temper tantrum. But then like within two seconds, then it's gone, then it stops. And you're like, you're still reeling from it. I feel like like there are times like me and Jaren are still recovering from it. And then Jace is like laughing and smiling about something completely different. And I'm like, OMG, like I was just fighting with you. I'm like exhausted. And now he's like onto something else. Yes. I think it puts things in perspective though and sometimes I'm looking at myself I'm like see why did you have to get so worked up because obviously he didn't care like it wasn't even that you know so I'm like yeah I was like you know when it was like you have to get in the car right now and if you don't get in the car blah, 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 blah. and I was like going on and on and on yep and my, until my voice like my throat my yeah was, like, scratchy and you know of course like he cried he cried his eyes out for like I don't know by the time we got to the highway he was fine yeah that's exactly yeah same thing i think um in those times that's when i have to check my ego because i'm like why did i go so crazy and i think it's because it's our ego we lose our patience and but when he gets exactly you start becoming self-conscious and all of those things um so you know yeah well mastika it's been a pleasure having you on thank you so much for sharing your truth and sharing your journey is there any last words you want to say oh actually um i'll tell you in my podcast episode but tell everyone where they could follow you oh yeah so um my calligraphy page is masika rain calligraphy um m-a-s-i-k-e-a-e rain as in one false this guy and then calligraphy okay um and i'm most active on instagram okay awesome um but yeah any other last words anything you any anything else you got to say (laughs) oh my gosh just i mean i know that a lot of the audience is probably you know other moms and stuff yes i mean we do our best and we i think the key at least for me and i think for a lot of people is balance yes um you want to excel in your career you want to you know have a great relationship you know if you do have somebody in your life or you're with your you know with your partner um or your husband, you know, you also want to like, you know, raise your kid and have them be the best that they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to like, you know, in my case, have your side hustle and like have that thrive as well. So, you know, it's just about, for me, it's about balance. I think for a lot of people, you know, just find the balance where you are actually happy and not just trying to like fill everybody else's expectation yes and i think i like that point that you just said it's about you what makes you happy i think we get so caught up in watching other people's lives and it's like look that's just their life and that's what they want to do figure out what you want to do and what you need to do and that's really all that matters what you need to do for your children what your children need not what the internet or other things are telling you to do exactly yeah so i think that would be you know one thing that i have to always remind myself and if other people remember it's just you know find that balance and and with you kind of at the center of that love it well thank you um and thank yeah thank you so much for coming on this was wonderful and um have a good weekend thank you you too enjoy it thanks bye Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. 
Continued blessings to you all for love and light.